0: Thank you for tuning into another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm your host, Peter Bulmer, and I am joined by Brent Hartman, Director of Fuels and Transportations at CSA Group. Hey, Brent, thanks for coming on. Hi, Peter. Thanks for inviting me. My yeah, absolute pleasure. Now, Brent, before we dive in to what I'm sure is going to be a very exciting conversation, can you give us a little bit of background just about who you are, your experience,
1: and what CSA Group is all about? Sure. Great. So. Yeah, let's start with what CSA Group's all about. So CSA Group has a standard organization that's a not-for-profit entity that's accredited to develop national standards in both Canada and the United States. So we've published more than 3,000 standards to date in various sectors. And one of those sectors is is transportation. So these standards are developed by volunteer expert members. And we currently have over 10,000 members supporting our standards development work. So my role at CSA Group within our standards organization is to lead the development and implementation of our strategy and the operational aspects for a portfolio of standards within the fuels and transportation sector. And this covers both the United States and Canada. So some of the technology areas that are within the fuels and transportation sector are hydrogen, electric vehicles, connected and automated vehicles, And bioenergy, so that's just a little sampling. So yeah, all very exciting areas to be engaged in on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a pretty massive purview you guys are under. So I guess we'll start with something that I'm not too familiar with, which is what is hydrogen's importance um, and how does it relate to North America's decarbonization
1: effort? Sure. So for decarbonization, there are significant emissions right now from the transportation sector. So, they're a pretty significant tr- contributor to greenhouse gas emissions overall. So, in the US, they're about 30% of total emissions. So, that's 30% of all emissions come from the transportation sector. And Canada's pretty similar, coming in at about 27% of total greenhouse gas emissions from the transport sector. So, kind of narrowing in within that window. So, all emissions within the transportation sector itself. Over half of that is just from light-duty vehicles, and almost another quarter of that is from medium and heavy-duty vehicles. So what we're really looking at is almost 80% of all the transportation sector emissions come from on-road vehicles. So hydrogen is one of the solutions that can really help reduce those transportation emissions, which obviously have a bigger impact on all emissions within countries. So batteries are obviously another alternative, but not all... Vehicle applications are easy to electrify, so hydrogen obviously has some great opportunities where there's a longer driving range needed, maybe faster fueling needs, or larger heavy payloads. Batteries can be too large or too heavy for some applications, so there's really, right now what we're seeing is really a good opportunity in the medium-duty and heavy-duty applications, and obviously as that gets traction and hydrogen becomes more available, you might see light duty continue to expand as well.
0: Interesting. So is there a sort of a sweet spot in terms of the like absolute weight or relative weight that a battery would be
1: too big for an application? I don't know if there's an absolute sweet spot. I mean, it can de- de- depend on load. It can depend on the range as well. Cause right. Sometimes there's heavier payloads, but they're going over shorter distances. So there are kind of a couple different considerations that need to be weighed when looking at whether you want to move to batteries or fuel cell vehicles.
0: Right. Right. Now, In order to sort of have a standardized platform or playing field here, obviously standards are kind of the way to go. And I would imagine the CSA group is involved in implementing some of those. So what standards would you say are needed to help shape the best practices for hydrogen vehicles?
1: Right. So as far as kind of categorizing what's needed from a standards perspective for hydrogen vehicles, right, I would break it into kind of three categories, right? So There's obviously the vehicle itself. On the vehicle, there are new systems. There's a fuel cell. There's hydrogen fuel tanks, which hydrogen stored at high pressures. And there's fuel system components. So that's all kind of like on vehicle. So on vehicle is like the first category I would classify. The second category where we need standards is the fueling infrastructure. So once again, like a hydrogen fueling station. And there you need to think about all the components that really support delivery of fuel to the vehicle. So a hydrogen dispenser, the nozzle you'll connect to the vehicle, hoses to the dispenser. So really that whole fueling infrastructure aspect. And then kind of right in between the vehicle and the fueling infrastructure, the third category is the vehicle interface. So where the nozzle on the dispenser meets the receptacle of the vehicle. So really that intersection between those two, that's a very important aspect as well because obviously that's where... Consumers are really connecting this fueling infrastructure to the vehicle and are kind of in the loop and supporting the operation of a hydrogen vehicle. And CSA is active in all three of these areas.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of a good pivot. So, obviously, because of any sort of new or emerging technology, the pace of changes is accelerated. So, what changes in technology do you think will trickle down into the hydrogen vehicle space that would impact the standards you guys are setting or that you might need to adapt to? And what kind of challenges, I mean, both in terms of adoption or just reacting to the pace of change or opportunities even will come up from the pace of change and the technological advancements?
1: Sure. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of interesting technology in this space. It's moving really rapidly. But yeah, I think there are some really critical challenges and interesting technology twists right now. So first want to mention here, is obviously something that's really important to hydrogen is the ability to fast fill or kind of quickly fill a vehicle, right? So there are light-duty hydrogen vehicles that are a little bit more prevalent right now, particularly in, in California. And right, the hydrogen industry's goal has always been to have a consumer fueling experience that's similar to the gasoline experience, right? So a couple minutes at a fueling station and your car is full, which is obviously a little different from what we're hearing on the electric vehicle side. So that fast filling, moving from obviously smaller tanks on a light duty vehicle to now being able to fast fill tanks on buses or tanks on class eight trucks, right? That's a challenge that that really needs to be addressed right now. I'm actually going to cut you off really quickly, but just for
0: my own, as well as probably some listeners' ignorance here, what is it about like a
1: hydrogen vehicle that's able to accomplish that fast fill? So some of it, like I said, has been sort of the goal from the start, right? There are obviously technologies that could kind of like slow fill a vehicle. And you do see that in the natural gas industry where when they're used as fleets, sometimes they just slowly fill the vehicles overnight. But because of the automotive industry's interest in light duty vehicles, right, their target was to be really be able to fast fill. So what that means is, right, because you are moving hydrogen quickly into a vehicle, one of the key aspects that they've really looked at is in developing these hydrogen stations, right, is you need to actually pre-cool the hydrogen to negative 40 Celsius that makes sure the tanks don't overheat during the filling process. And this has really helped to support the quicker fueling times. Interesting. Okay, Dude, carry on. Uh, those okay, some... no, that, yeah, no. So yeah, so that's a challenge, maybe more on the fueling side, which obviously impacts the vehicle. But I think another interesting challenge is, our kind of development here is, what's delivering the motive power? We've talked a little bit about fuel cells, or I've mentioned fuel cells. And that's been the primary choice for light duty vehicles so far, right? So there's a fuel cell on a vehicle, the fuel cell generates energy, which actually also there's a battery in the loop. So that it's also an electrified vehicle. But what we've seen is a couple decades ago, there are also some interest in internal combustion engines utilizing hydrogen, which is obviously more similar to what people are familiar with today. That's what's used for gasoline and diesel. But this is back to, yeah, what's the application that hydrogen is being used for? Because like I said, a fuel cell is great for a light-duty vehicle. It's lighter loads, just works really well in the light-duty vehicle context. But internal combustion engines are really starting to get some interest again because of their ability to support higher loads and larger vehicles, right? So now we're starting to see with that interest. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what shakes out here in the future as far as what will be delivering the motive power and whether there will be different solutions for different applications.
0: Yeah. And on topic of the future, what, what's next for CSA, do you think in the area of hydrogen and transportation specifically?
1: Yeah. So once again, constant updates and evolution. So we do have this existing portfolio. So making sure that's up to date to reflect technology and market changes, but similar to what I just mentioned, like what's next for us, it's these other vehicle segments. So, This initial push for hydrogen has been on-road vehicles, really kind of focusing on the light duty passenger market, but other applications really have strong interest right now. So I talked about medium and heavy duty. So once again, the transit buses, delivery vehicles, or large heavy duty trucking, there's really strong interest there. And once again, this is where I think you're seeing the industry in those spaces don't feel like batteries can get them to decarbonization at this stage. So they're focusing on hydrogen, but there's other vehicles as well. So in the rail industry, we're hearing operators are piloting hydrogen-powered locomotives. So we're starting to look at that. In the aviation space, there's been test flights utilizing hydrogen. There's also interest in hydrogen-powered drones. So we're looking at aviation applications. And then mining and marine as well are also exploring hydrogen. So basically, any sort of vehicle that is out there, there's basically going some exploration going on right now in hydrogen. Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, basically, it sounds like anything that has an engine. <laughs> you guys, are- Yeah,
1: yeah, right. And I think that's what's great, too. And I think the industry really started as sort of like an OEM-driven space. But now we're starting to hear a little bit more about retrofitting or aftermarket or supplementing diesel-powered trucks. So it's really evolving pretty rapidly. And with that, too, right, we know that educational and training tools need to come along as well, right? It's a new fuel type. It's often a high-power or high-pressure system. So, you know, personnel technicians won't necessarily be familiar with that, but because it's high-pressure, right, it's important to make sure that they have the educational and training tools, really to make sure that they have that understanding and can actually use and apply the relevant standards. Once again, this the training can be used for technicians, maintenance personnel, or regulators, but we see that as another key area for CSA moving forward.
0: And CSA does
1: provide training and sort of a knowledge base on that? Yes, we do. Yep. We've done some products in that in the past as well, the transportation space specifically for natural gas vehicles. So now that hydrogen is getting traction as well, we're looking to develop education and training tools to support hydrogen as well.
0: Awesome. I mean, because of sort of like my earlier joke, that wasn't really a joke, but basically everything that uses an engine is kind of looking at possibility of hydrogen. Like, how, how do you... Decide on what standards you're going to be developing or how do you decide on what topics you're going to be researching that are coming down the pipeline? Because it seems like everything under the sun has a possible use. So how do you kind of narrow in your focus on certain key things like transportation, for example?
1: That's a great question. And yeah, I don't know if we'll talk a little bit later. I mean, right, we're only talking about the transportation space, right, where there's countless uses. There's countless uses of hydrogen everywhere. But really, when it comes down to it, our members and stakeholders are critical for identification of the topics that CSA addresses. Now, we can do this a couple different ways. I mean, I'll start with CSA actually has a research program. And that research program develops research reports, which often leads to standards development. And these research reports can either identify new standards where they're needed or which standards need to be updated. So there's a whole process there which can involve our stakeholders working with us to submit a proposal, that proposal is evaluated, and then we can we contract with experts to actually conduct the research. And then there's an advisory panel of volunteer experts as well, which kind of serve as this external peer review on our research. So then those research reports are obviously published, and that can really help steer our standards development process itself. Because like I said, it's pointing to where there are standards gaps in specific areas or where existing standards need to be updated. So I'd really encourage any listeners to check out the CSA research. We do publish all the reports on our website for free. And actually in the transportation space, we've conducted some research on alternative marine fuels. And once again, thinking more broadly about hydrogen, we've also done some research on hydrogen blends for use in appliances.
0: Interesting. So I don't want to keep you here all day, Brent, but I do have one more question. I did want to get to How is CSA addressing the bigger picture of hydrogen, which in my mind would include you know production, distribution, storage and use basically from extraction or like obtaining the hydrogen all the way down to the end consumer who I guess would be filling the vehicle X. I mean, th- there's a lot to unpack there, obviously, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It, that, I mean, that's a great question. I kind of just alluded to it, right? We're talking about transportation and that's really just one segment of obviously a much larger hydrogen ecosystem. And you're absolutely right, right? There's production aspects. There's many different production methods, many of which are emerging using renewable or clean energy with obviously the focus being on low or zero carbon hydrogen. So that's an area of, of focus. There's the distribution or transport of hydrogen as well, right? There's different ways to move hydrogen, whether it's pipeline, trucking, rail, or even if I know Canada would like to export hydrogen, right? So you now, does that mean we're shipping hydrogen? So that distribution, transports, another key area. Once again, we're looking at that, and then there's the storage of hydrogen, and of course, as I alluded to earlier, there are many different end uses beyond transportation, and right. It's really important to note, yeah every sector is basically looking to decarbonize right so they're all looking at different solutions which include hydrogen and it's really okay so where are the priority will there be other sectors that are competing a little bit more strongly than the transportation sector for hydrogen so anyways i would say kind of just a couple of key considerations for that what other technology is available in other sectors right so we've talked about batteries can batteries be used we've talked fuel cells there's also biofuels in the mix so you know what fuel or energy type makes both sense for a specific sector. Where can we get the biggest impact on greenhouse gas reduction? So what fuel is the hydrogen ultimately displacing? Maybe we want more hydrogen vehicles where the electrical grids aren't so clean, and maybe more EVs where the electrical grids are cleaner. So there's different balances to weigh there. And then just coordinating all this, right? Once again, it's a big picture and we can't really just have hydrogen in the transportation sector without understanding how it's produced and how it's moved and stored on site for use in transportation. And we are really working on that entire ecosystem to support hydrogen deployment.
0: Well, that sounds like a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It keeps it busy, I'm sure. But Brent, before we wrap up, I just wanted to kind of give you the floor. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to get out there? How do people get in touch with you? How do people get in touch with C- CSA? your website.
1: Yes, standards are everywhere and hopefully people will want to get involved. And once again, these standards are developed by volunteer expert members. We're always looking for expert members. So would definitely encourage those interested in hydrogen transportation to get involved. There's the CSA group website, csagroup.org. There's information about our hydrogen transportation work there with links to different resources. We also have a CSA community space and this is a CSA resource to connect people on topics related to standards in various sectors. There's also a hydrogen space on CSA communities. That's at community.csagroup.org. So really just encourage people to get involved. I mean, that's what really makes standards work. So we need these volunteer expert members and certainly happy to connect with anybody who has questions or feedback on our hydrogen transportation work.
0: That's great. Brent, I really appreciate your time coming on today. It was a pleasure chatting with you. It was great, Peter. Let's continue for another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. Thanks for tuning in.